Episode 69. Nice. Australian Musicians Radio.com. Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel. And welcome to Bar Talk. I've been looking for attention, you've been looking for an easy getaway. Saving up my venom, waiting patiently for you to come play. Clawing at you, you could bite back. Either way, I know that we end up like that. Don't be shy, get the joy, addicted to the fantasy in me.
sexy. You are listening to Bar Talk on AMR. Well, 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 well. Hello, hello, hello. Merry Christmas, almost Happy New Year, and fuck off 2021. It's me, Daniel M. Pern, your erstwhile and current, very important to specify that, your erstwhile and current host of this here, Bar Talk, episode 69, a very nice episode coming up for you today. 
so good. It's topsy-turvy, upside down. You and your partner are going to be licking each other's lips, so to speak, because we have a phenomenal episode coming up for you. So good to be back after, I think it's about like a three-week unplanned hiatus, because this time of year just does not induce you to actually doing stuff, you know, or just <laughs> doing anything properly and just, oh, yeah, we'll push this back a week. We'll, we'll push this back a few days. No one's going to notice. And then you realize, oh, shit, I haven't done an episode in three weeks. So, my apologies. You have, you've had to wait this long before you hear me again. But I'm ready and back and oh, so willing to showcase some of the best new music or relatively new music from Australia, New Zealand, and very occasionally from the Pacific Islands. But yes, today on this episode, we have a phenomenal eight tracks from Australian and New Zealand artists specifically. Um, For those of you who have not ever tuned into this beautiful program, let me uh, give you a little rundown on what we do. Here at Bar Talk, we, as I just mentioned before, play some of the best independent uh, artists from this part of the world. And not only that, we do interviews with them. We see what's happening with them. We get to the bottom of what their like, what their ethos and what their mental capacity is. You know, because they're they're writing awesome songs. You know, you've got to be a little bit, little bit cuckoo. You know, not as cuckoo as the presenters that interview them. Of course, they're on a, they're on another level. But the artists themselves, they've got some good stuff going on, and we want to find out about that. We want to learn a bit more. So, without further ado, let's learn a bit more. You came off couple of phenomenal tracks. Oh, yeah. Pop-tastic track to start off with India Dupree's latest single, Venomous. And right after that, well, you just came off the debut single from Laura Mack, Garage Full of Dreams. Now, India Dupree is most certainly an AMR Bartok alumni or, you know, El El Grata, whatever they call it, you know, ex-colleague, ex-collegian of this, this fine program. because. About a year and a half ago, we had the pleasure of interviewing her for episode nine. Yes, that's right. Way back about like <laughs> 60, 50 episodes ago. I can't even do my, do my you know, instantaneous subtractions. Guys, you work it out. Um, but regardless, it was one of our earlier episodes. Me and Shakira interviewed uh, India Dupree, who at that point was not yet of age. She was still 17. But I tell you what is already well-established as an artist. Uh, She's based in the Gold Coast up there in Queensland and has been working in both Australia and America, uh, LA specifically. Um, Check out that interview we did for more detail detail on what she'd been up to up until that point in time. And she has released a couple of tracks between that interview and now, but this latest song is fucking phenomenal. It is absolutely great. Um, What I really loved about it, and India, if you're listening- Got some more. Got some more good feedback for you. Um, just the, the augmented vocals going on, the multi-tracking, just the 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 tight multi-tracking and the tight um, pitch correction. If there's any of that in there, is just oh, it's something really cool. As this sort of robotic, super precise texture to the song, which I really liked. Um, that bass that's going on has a real modern feel to it. It's a very modern and boomy feel, you know, perfect for sticking in your boom boxes, you know, perfect for you getting on your subwoofers, blasting up Hoddle Street, annoying the other drivers. For those of you not from Melbourne, Hoddle Street's like our main uh, non-freeway thoroughfare. Um, four lane, you know, three, four lanes on both, going both ways. Uh, and always, 
chocked full of traffic, regardless of what time of day or night you come in. So I don't know what the Gold Coast equivalent is, whatever that main thoroughfare is that runs along the beach, I'm assuming. But imagine just going along there, India, with that, pumping out this song in your subwoofer, windows down in the uh, warm 35 degree summer weather that we're having, just blasting out a bit of venomous. Uh, Apart from that, though, I, I really like to the synth that comes on towards the end with that instrumental. Just added something, added honestly, something really special to it. So phenomenal work, India. Get my Daniel M. Pern tick of a thumbs up of approval um, because it's good. Hence why we put it on the show. Right after that, though, as I said, we played the debut single by Laura Mack, "Garage Full of Dreams." Now, by "garage full of dreams," I assume you mean a. Uh, assume you mean like a like a studio, home studio, because I know that's what a lot of people do down here in Melbourne. They they always park their cars. And use, actually, this is mainly a white person thing. My, my partner, who is not white, will you know berate me for this point that only non-white people exclusively use a garage for its intended purpose, which is parking cars, whereas white people will use it for everything else other than to park a car. <laughs> Whether that's to set up a rehearsal room, a music studio, storage space, a, a third bedroom. You know, I, I know someone that voluntarily lived in a garage. I'm not kidding. Um, he then progressed to living in his car afterwards. Again, voluntarily, not out of, you know, not, not being forced to. So, you know, whatever. You know, us, us white Aussies are <laughs> a bit weird when it comes to our garages. But uh, love me roller doors. Love me spacious garages. Got to fit your, got to fit your Toyota Hilux one way or another in there. Nonetheless- I wonder what Laura Mack's garage full of dreams is. Well, I guess it's about partying and having a good time because uh, reading through their presser, sounds like they got quite drunk when they were filming the music video for this song. Uh, and uh, I guess I guess you can you know private message them to find out more. But I don't, I don't want to read too much about what they said about it, but I want to talk about the song. They are another Queensland artist. I don't know how I always manage this. I always manage to pair the Gold Coast artist with the Sunshine Coast artist. Laura Mack are a duo consisting of the persons Laura McLaughlin and Zach Connolly from the hinterland area of the Sunshine Coast. Another area where you can uh, wind down the windows in your 35 degree humid heat. Nonetheless, they met at a clear evening at Splendor in the Grass, which I think is a phenomenal place to meet, you know, love of music coming together. Hey, I make beats. Oh, you make beats? I make tunes. Let's work together, bruz. You know, I imagine that's exactly how the meeting went. And uh, one thing led to another, and now they've released, as I said, their debut single. And what a debut single it is. Oh, yeah, it just has that particular that guitar tone, just the guitars in this track. I loved it. You heard them. That, that guitar tone that's just running- that guitar line or lick or whatever you want to call it that's running pretty much through most of the track is just oh, perfect for anchoring the whole song, I thought. Plenty of tasty chorus in those effects there. or So, I thought, again, I'm not the best at <laughs> pointing out different effects, so I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was chorus. Nonetheless, apart from that main guitar line that was just overall with the guitar tracks, some great layering, some great multi-tracking with the guitars. India knows how to multi-track her vocals. Laura? They know how to multi-track their guitars. Good, good job. Um, and then there's like some, and then you'll notice, you notice too, there were some more tracks that came through as the track progressed. I loved it. I loved how the, the song sort of kept flowing through. Um, actually, coming, speaking of that, as the track you know progresses, 
I really liked what I think was horns or like synth horns that came in for the last couple of choruses. Oh, beautiful. Kind of cool. Loved them. Uh, great stuff, guys. Keen to hear more uh, and keen to see more as it comes through next year. Now, uh, this week, I had a fun, 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 fun time finally getting around to chatting to Jordan Merrick. Jordan is an artist we have played a couple of times. And I could go and look back at the um, data and see where we've played it, but we've played- Point is, he released recently uh, his sophomore album, Waiting Blues, which is a phenomenal album. Great sort of muddy, bluesy, sort of swampy, just oh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Came out, I think it was like, I think it was like a month or two ago, and uh, he's been releasing singles for a good year or so, which we've been really, really enjoying. Finally got it out. Finally got to chat to him about like heaps of stuff, the themes, the art, how he writes his songs, you know, City Nightlife. You're going to hear it all. Really looking forward to playing that for you. So, that is going to be something you can like tingle your earbuds over. But before that, we have one more track. We have one more track to play for you. Another great track, switching it up stylistically. It's The Humankind with their new single, Walk to the River. Now- Production-wise, I thought this was one of the more interesting tracks that came through that I had to listen to. I really like- You'll hear it as it comes in. A great, dirty bass line that just pretty much runs through the whole track, but particularly grabs your attention uh, right at the start, and it's just hypnotic. It just opens up the song for this very beautiful- For this very, I don't know, well-crafted atmosphere that the song provides. Um, The production choices just all the way through are- well done. So well done. Um, never goes over the top too much either. Like the Laura Max song, the India, really going for a bit more bombast, but humankind keeping it at a bit more chill, but nonetheless had some great elements to it. You don't necessarily have to go for a loud, soft dynamic too much. Um, I don't know why, but I was really impressed with the backing vocals, just how they were inserted, especially into the chorus. Again, another really cool element to this song that I liked, added to that aforementioned atmosphere. Now, you're asking, who the hell are the humankind? Well, they're not from Australia. They're not from Queensland. They're from New Zealand. I told you we play artists from New Zealand. They're from Auckland. And if I bring up their info- um, this is their second single they've released for the year. They've also released a music video for it, so we should have a we should you, know, you should go and check those out too because artists put in a lot of effort to their music videos as well. But what I really appreciate about the humankind is they're an artist that really are focusing on awareness of mental health, which over the last couple of years, you know, you've heard me talk about it. You've heard our guests talk about it over and over again. If you have been listening to this show, just about how important it is just to chat about it and be aware of it. And, you know, not only about your own mental health, but the people around you. So the humankind's aim is to really put, give an awareness to it and really, you know, sort of promote good mental health. So, they've partnered up with organisations such as Lifeline and um, did release a previous single for Mental Health Awareness Week. But this particular um, one is, the, as I said, their second single of the year, which was really cool. Um, they are, next year, going to be playing some shows around New Zealand. Uh, March 3 in Auckland, March 4, it says the Lopdog Theatre. doesn't actually say where that is. I'm guessing in Auckland. Um Actually, it doesn't, it doesn't say, it doesn't give me the uh, rest of the locations for the rest of it. So, I'm assuming they're all in Auckland. Um, well, they are p- playing also at the Auckland Art Gallery. So, I guess that gives it away on May 20. And again, on May 21st, 
Um, check out the info on their socials because some of those do have tickets and some of them are free entry. And as always, please um, check out the artist's socials. Now, I forgot to mention before, India had her song sent to us directly, which is a great reminder to um, if you are an independent artist from Australia, New Zealand, or the Pacific Islands, send in your tracks to us because we want to hear what you're doing. We want to hear what songs you're putting out. Um, Email them to amrairplay at mail.com. That's amrairplay at mail.com. And be an absolute chant and send us all the arts and your pre- and all the artwork and your press picks and, and your bio and all the interesting stuff. And tell us where you're from. We want to we wanna bag out what fucking shithole you're from. <laughs> or, you know, sing its praises. All in good humour, of course. It's all, it's all good humour here, guys. Terrible dad humour. But nonetheless, good, terrible dad humour from my part. Even though, as far as I know, I'm not a dad. On that interesting note, we're going to play play these bloody tracks, don't you reckon? It's uh, Walk to the River by The Humankind. And after that, before we chat to Jordan Merrick, it's his song from his new album, Waiting Blues, Lonelier Than You. We'll be back soon, guys. Don't you fucking go anywhere.
Jordan Merrick here. You're listening to AMR. Lonely boy in a crowd. Hold your head up and look proud. No more trying to get back. You know all the facts. Yeah, you know all the facts. The papers are misleading. Then again, what is new? The internet is making gods of alternative news. Got a mind I ought to lose Still I wrap myself up in the blues Oh, it's true I'm lonely So lonely Oh, you know I'm lonely Thinking some dark thoughts But my friend who has not It's surreal and profound The world is checking out Pack my things and get out Maybe I'll hitch a ride to Mars Elon Musk has got a car I'm not much for company Maybe I will like the stars That I wish gone too far I'm lonely So lonely Oh, you know I'm lonely Lonelier than you Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. That was the phenomenal Lonelier Than You by the even more phenomenal artist Jordan Merrick, the uh, songster of the swampy, humidy, sticky blues that is, uh, I think, reminiscent of anybody that comes from the northern parts of this great country. And I'm so, so keen to be right here on the phone chatting to Jordan all the way up from Queensland, apparently a very... Very humid Queensland too. Jordan, are you there? Hey, how are you doing? Well, yeah. welcome, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, mate. I'm here in, in all the glory of humidity that Queensland has to offer and very keen for a chat. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a bit like that. We were talking beforehand about how um, we had we stole a bit of your, your weather last week with the down here in Melbourne uh, with the sticky, sticky uh, storms we had coming through last week, and yet you know we've now got this beautiful, gorgeous day, which you're now very envious of up there, and you know as you sweat your balls, balls off, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you didn't even give us any dry heat. We we still had humidity. We, you know, we lent you some of ours. We got nothing in return. So you know, it was a bit bit of a dog move, but you know, <laughs> we'll, 
as I said earlier, I think Melbourne deserves a bit of luck these days. So, look, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I've never heard anybody be, feel so envious about Melbourne weather. I think you're like, I think this is the first for us. Oh, look, it's the first time for everything, right? But <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely on the side of dry heat over humidity, even though I've, I've lived in Queensland my whole life. So, yeah. you don't get used to it. It's never, it's never nice. So, yeah, look, I'll, I'll definitely do the trade if I can. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that no one's, ever, no one's ever told me, Daniel, yeah, 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 it's, it's terrible the first time, but you get used to it. No, I've never heard anyone say that about Queensland's uh, humidity, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, unless you're sitting in, tw- in, like, in a pool all day, there's no getting used to it or getting around it. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Is it pool weather? Is it so? Is it is the humid p- weather perfect for a for a bit of a dip in the uh in the old watering hole? Look, I definitely think it is. Um, but yeah, you, I'm not to be honest. This is like the most anti Queensland thing ever. But I'm not really a massive beach goer, so you know, I, I'm like the worst. The worst person to live in Queensland, but hey, look, <laughs> you know, that'd be different, right? <laughs> what are you even doing up there then? <laughs> oh, I'm fighting, really. <laughs> fighting for all the beach girls so they don't kill me for, you know, being, you know, the, the anti-Queenslander here. <laughs> it's well, pretty good. It's pretty good most of the year, so honestly, I can't complain too much. I was going to say, it's almost, um, you'd be probably branded as an anti-Australian. I don't think it's just a Queensland thing going in. <laughs> You know, with the whole beach thing, it's, you know, bloody down here, yeah. they'd say the same thing. Sydney, well, I do, Perth, I do, Adelaide. I, yeah, but I do wear, like, bodies and thongs, so surely that counts for I still look the part, but, you know, look, that's that's as far as I can go most days, so, so you know. So, you just uh, – so, wait, when you say that, you know, board shorts, thongs, you just you're just going to the shops, are you? You're not going anywhere near a waterfront. No, no. Well, I mean, there's not too many beaches in Brisbane anyways, so there's not really much of a choice. I think if I lived, if I was still on the Gold Coast, I'd probably go to the beach a little more than I do now, which is, what, a couple of times a year. Um, But, yeah, you know, what can you do? You just deal with it. That's fair. That's fair. Well, um, anyway, Jordan, again, once again, welcome to Bar Talk. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I just want to say congratulations. It's now been, uh, as of recording, exactly a month since you released your sophomore album, Waiting Blues, which is- uh, Wow, a month has it. Jeez, yeah. that went fast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I you know these things, but jeez. No, nah, yeah, it's definitely gone fast. But no, nah, thanks for that. No, I'm glad it was finally released and, and you know- God, you never know what's going to happen, especially in these days. So, it was good to get that one out there and tick it off, you know. So, it was a bit of a weight on your shoulders, was it, to finally get it off, to finally get it out there? Yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a funny one because I recorded it last year when we had our, our main lockdown. So, you know, it was pretty much the, the lockdown album. Then I was, you know, wanting to release it and then I thought this year would be a good year for it because I thought, oh, there's not going to be any more lockdowns. <laughs> Wishful thinking. And uh, <laughs> clearly that backfired. And then obviously I, I also got, a, like, you know, pressed on vinyl. So I was a bit of a – it was a bit of a crazy release, really. I went, you know, put a bit of money into it to obviously get that done. And you never know how it's going to sell. You know, I still obviously haven't been able to, you know, do many shows to support it. Um, but, no, nah, man, that nah, was definitely a weight off the shoulders, you know, having it out. And I, I just didn't want – you know, I figured it was one of those things. I could sit on that for longer if I wanted to, but I'd rather just, you know, get these songs out while they're, while they're 
fresh and since they were done anyways, you know, I thought, you know, I've just got to do, just got to do it and yeah, put them out there and just get to work on some other stuff. So, you know, it's, it's hard to sit on songs for too long. Fair enough. Was it, yeah, were you getting the, uh, the, what's, what's the proper term? Um, uh, restless feet, I suppose, is what you can say <laughs> with, with these songs. Was it, was it very much a case of you uh, <laughs> really, really wanting people to hear the songs in the recorded format? Was it? You weren't, yeah. you, were, you didn't want to hold on to them. Yeah, well, it's like it's like you know, once they're, once they're done and dusted, you know, you just want to share them, and you know, even at the best of times, usually, you know, you record an album, you know, months and months and months before you actually release it. So I didn't want to sit on these any longer. I thought, you know, especially considering, you know, they were very relevant to me for, you know, the last year and a bit we've been in, and I figured, you know, they they're probably the it's the right time to release them, and it felt really right to me just to push them out. So yeah, made the commitment to do it earlier in the year and. Yeah, I'm pretty glad I made that choice. I'm really glad that the album was released, and yeah, it's awesome to be able to share it. I can't wait till I can bloody get back to Melbourne and you know play a show and you know bring the songs to other states and stuff. That'll be that'll be good when that whenever that happens again, surely soon. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, I was going to say it. It must be one of those things that you must be really keen to do. I mean, you've you've been lucky that you haven't had. Uh, been been locked up for as long, so you've still had the opportunity to play live. But I suppose if you were, you know, you've had this plan for a while to have this this album done. You're hoping, as you say, that by the time it did come out, that you would, I'm guessing, have been able to do a national tour or something similar. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely what I was hoping for, especially you know planning it to be out so late in the year. I figured that would be my best chance, but. Um, look, obviously it wasn't to be, but as you said, you know, I'm pretty lucky here in, in Brizzy mm-hmm. that we've been able to do some shows. Um, you know, I've still had a, you know, a bunch cancelled, but realistically I've still been able to get a bunch away. So I'm definitely grateful for that. You know, you got to take the wins that you can get, especially these days. So it's been, yeah, it's been awesome to, to do, you know, to put a, even like a bit more of a focus than I normally would on the, on, on playing to Brisbane and doing different types of shows and, mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, doing, you know, more folky type shows, really intimate venues, that yeah. sort of stuff, sit down sort of shows, then moving into doing more of the, the heavier sort of blues rock sort of stuff, like similar to some of the songs on the album and, um, also doing things like, um, you know, we had um, like a couple of shows I booked. I had you know five act lineups for a for a single night, which was obviously a bit wild considering that's especially for a single launch or an album launch. That's a lot of a lot mm. of bands on the lineup, but it was also I, especially those sort of shows. I saw it as a really great opportunity to get you know musicians that I really like um, and get them on the bill and. Um, you know, a good way of just, you know, getting the community together, especially when we had opportunities, you know, there was, I feel like this year there's been, you know, some windows where, you know, there's no mask mandate for shows. We can actually stand up at shows. It's been on and off the whole year, but, um, you know, having those opportunities to put, you know, to get as many bands as you can into a room and, Mm. and, you know, give the crowd a show and, and something to sort of, you know, remember after a year of cancellations and, and doubt is yeah it was really good and, and to the credit of you know brisbane locals they've just been absolutely awesome um you know and and supporting artists and and um 
you know, even with, with myself and the album, like buying, as I said, I did the crazy thing of getting a record press during a pandemic. Such a such a smart move, you know, astute <laughs> <laughs> business mind of musicians. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, people have been really supportive of it and, um, and as I said, coming to shows and, and um, yeah, just embracing different ideas, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. I think it's just been... Um, you know, a testament to the community here and, and their, their backing of music. So, yeah, it's been good. Just hopefully, yeah, as I said, can can get into the uh, into the other states once this border opens and stays open, hopefully, if it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, have you got a crystal ball there, Jordan? Because uh, I certainly don't, so don't, uh, don't fucking ask me what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just going to open for, for Christmas and then they'll – I don't know. I, I always you almost half expected just to close again afterwards. <laughs> Omicron pops up and says g'day and yeah, next minute back <laughs> you know, who the fuck knows. So yeah. You it's true though, but you, you sound like you're very passionate about your local scene up there because you were going, you know, you were not sure why you're there in Brisbane. We weren't we weren't hundred percent sure, but now I think I know. <laughs> you do seem to have a have a passion for the community of musicians up there, the, the artists that you like, you know, that you wanted to put on a show with. So, was it yeah. really just a happy accident that you were sort of forced to only play locally that you could finally get around to doing those gigs that you maybe kind of wanted to do but didn't think you'd be able to? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I think, you know, I mean, especially from someone, because like, I'm from the Gold Coast originally, mm. um, so – when I when I decided, oh, I want to pursue music. Obviously, there was one city in mind, and that was Melbourne. Uh, I never thought I would settle on Brisbane, um, and that's no disrespect to Brisbane as a city, but because obviously, I think every musician you ask, which is the capital of music in Australia, and it's always Melbourne, and rightfully so. You guys have got such an awesome scene. But um, yeah, I moved to Brizzy f- because I wanted to start a band and and sort of learn learn how to perform. I'd never done it before, so. Um, that was back in 2014, 2015 yeah. that I sort of started to do that. And, um, yeah, I just – I really started – you know, I got to know the community a bit um, and, you know, the more I was involved in playing shows and meeting other artists, the more I just – I love the local scene and it's, you know, a smaller scene but it's a, generally a pretty close scene and I think – um, you know, Br- Brisbane has got such a really awesome, diverse variety of music as well, um, which just makes it, you know, I mean, obviously most cities will have that, but I feel like Brisbane has got a really good way of giving equal opportunities to different genres. And um, that's once again, I'm sure Melbourne have got plenty of that as well. But Brisbane, I just found is just a really close, good community. And it's something mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, I've really loved being a part of. And when I got here, I, I didn't really have the the urging desire to move to Melbourne like I used to. So, no, I've definitely found like a pretty comfy home here and um, plus it's the home of the Brisbane Lions, you know, the best footy team in, in the country. So, <laughs> if look, that, I can't complain too much, you know. <laughs> if that was to trigger me in some respect, you know, telling me, oh, dirty Melbourneer. You know, always going to want to. He's going to get triggered by my Brisbane Lions comment. You're talking to the wrong guy. As people know, as my as my as anybody that knows me knows, I'm I've got no interest in footy. So, look, your you, your insults are just flying over my head, Jordan. <laughs> Try oh, look, mate, if I didn't if I didn't get a Brizzy Lions reference in, uh, you know, I wouldn't be a very good fan. But look, I had to do it. <laughs> 
Okay, that that's totally that's look that's that's totally fair. Um, actually, I've I've frequented the pub that is the I believe I'm gonna have to double check this, but I, I'm very ninety percent sure. Again, this is how little I pay attention to the football, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I frequented uh, the pub that is the Melbourne home of the. Uh, Brisbane Lions fan base because it was before it was the Brisbane Lions it was the the Fitzroy Lions yeah and I believe Mate, the, the North Fitzroy Arms which is a great pub by the way owned by a uh, an acquaintance of ours also run managed by an acquaintance of ours is the home of the uh, the the Melbourne home of the or the Melbourne home pub of the Fitz, of the old Fitzroy Lions team now the Brisbane Lions team so and Mate, yeah now it's coming to back be. to me because you look on the wall there's all the old greats from the team. In painting form, you know, there's lions, memorabilia all over the place. It's a lovely little pub, actually. So, um, mate, uh, you're sounding like a fanboy. I got to be honest. I just mentioned the team. And you're talking to me about paintings. So if you want to, if you want to come out as a closet lions fan, mate, you know, we'll have you on board. It's all right. <laughs> Jeez, he's out of me, guys. I feel bad now. <laughs> Oh yeah, but no, Brizzy's a good scene. It's a it's a good place to be. Um, I definitely I love Melbourne. I really, honestly, I I really have missed um, being able to play down your neck of the woods. Um, it's just got. I think the thing I love about Melbourne, and I'm sure this is every day for you, mm. but it's so different to, to Brisbane. Brisbane, you sort of have, you know, you probably your Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and some Sundays you'll have you'll have shows and the bigger nights, obviously Friday, Saturday, but in, in Melbourne, you, you can go out any day of the week and it seems like there's packed crowds at, at gigs and it's just, it's such a, it's such a unique vibe. Like I, I, I think one tour when I was playing in Melbourne, I flew in and I think it was like a Wednesday and it was, uh, I went to Brunswick and literally just pub crawled going to punk gigs <laughs> along the, yeah. along the street. And it was just like, man, how the hell am I doing this on a Wednesday? Like it was, it was crazy. I didn't get in until like 2am back to my hotel. And I was like, that was such a fun night. Like when it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this before about hospo nights always being on Monday, but there is, there is, um, I've always found that there are particular areas of town and I'm sure Brisbane has them the same as well, where, It'll be whatever time of the night it is, whatever time of week it is, there will always be, the place will always be packed. And down here, it's Brisbane Street in Fitzroy. Sorry, Brisbane Street. Mm. Fucking hell. Uh, uh, (laughs) Brunswick Street in Fitzroy. No, I don't know if we have a Brisbane Street down here. But yeah, Brunswick Street in Fitzroy, which is really confusing because they're both music hubs. So, I think they just decided to combine the two into one sordid alcoholic mess. But nonetheless, <laughs> Brisbane Street in Fitzroy seems to be that hub. I've driven past there on some god-awful hour on a Monday night, and it's packed. You know, uh, middle yeah. of the day, it's packed full of punters. Like, there's music yeah. on most nights of the week. It's just there is that hub. It says there's a couple of hubs around Melbourne that are like that. So, it's, yeah. it's just it is, yeah. They, they, yeah, it's, it's good in that respect. <laughs> I think every city has that one sort of area, though, regardless of- um, how big their scene is. There's always one area, and I'm sure you can pick yeah, Brisbane's. Sure. But, um, yeah, there are a couple of them down here, and then one of them is definitely definitely Brunswick Street. 
Yeah, Brunswick Street's awesome. It's yeah, it's still like it's the only place I've ever gone to and just walked along a street and then you just hear it. Like, like do you know, um, oh, what's the name of it? It's been so many years. Uh, the the Rooks something or other. Ah, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name. Is that a venue but, um, or a band? Because uh, could no, be no, either. sorry, uh, the venue, the, okay. the venue. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's been obviously it's been years, so may not even um, be there if you're talking about something you you saw a few years back. Oh, I hope I hope it is. It's such a good little venue. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, one day I was in. I think it was my second last day um, in in now uh, when I played my show. My responsibilities were all done, so I was just walking yeah down Brunswick Street and I just hear like this Leonard Cohen playing. I'm like, oh, mm. well, this place looks cool. And it was just this little the the Rook something or other. I can't remember it, but it'll come to me. But yeah, they're just spinning records. You know, obviously having you know beers on tap and. Literally just sat there getting drunk listening to records for a few hours. It was fantastic. And it's just that's just the, the Melbourne way. There's just so many little bars that, that are just open, you know, obviously during the day. And oh, it was just such a good vibe. And I think there was like some sort of food festival on, mm, like mm. on one of the side streets. It's just, I don't know. Melbourne always feels like there's something, there's something to do. There's always something on. It's got so much culture. You, you must be referring to the Rook's Return uh, in Brunswick yeah, Street. Yeah, that's the one. I searched, I searched Rooks Brunswick, Brunswick Street. It was like, it was the first option that came up. So, uh, yeah, may, yeah. As well, may, as well give them, may as well give them a proper shout yeah. out. If you, <laughs> I've never yeah, been shout there. shout out to Rooks Return. I've never been there. Yeah, so, you've given me somewhere vibe. else to pop down onto when I've got nothing else to do. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, so, apart from obviously gigging in that, you, you had quite a fun old time I imagine getting the album together because I see that you decided to make it your own little project to finally get around to self-producing and recording mm. your, this this album how yeah, how no, did that go because is that different from how you were operating before that yeah absolutely um honestly I'd never ever thought I'd ever record myself in a million years doing like a proper recording. Um, it wasn't until, so when I did my previous album, Night Music, I did a bunch of demos at home. And when I when we went to record the album in a studio and I was working with a producer who um, was very experienced and, and someone I have a lot of respect for. And he was going through my demos and sort of telling me like, well, you've done a really good job on these parts. I want to use some of these parts from the demos. And I'm like, that's yeah. insane. Why would you even think my, my recording <laughs> is good enough? I would never have thought it. But it gave me a lot of confidence that if I ever wanted to really try to do more at home that I could, um, I still wasn't planning to, but then obviously uh, you become locked down due to a, a fucking pandemic and you don't really have much of a choice. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I dived in and decided I'd give it a crack. And I mean, the worst case scenario is I completely butcher it and I don't show anybody. So, <laughs> I think there's, there's like, no, there's, there's no risk factor involved. Like if you just disappear for six months during a pandemic, nobody's going to bat an eye. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, um, but no, it was it was a really fun experience, and you're very different to how I would normally approach recording because you know when you're recording yourself, there's no one there telling you what's right and wrong. You're just literally throwing shit at a wall and seeing if it sticks. And um, thankfully, you know, you work out, and then you, mm. you you sort of you get one song done, you sort of learn a lot from that, and you sort of move on and on and on, and eventually you sort of you have something that resembles an album. And then for me, I didn't want to mix it. I did, definitely didn't want that responsibility. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to my dude who, who's done a bit of mixing for me lately. And, um, yeah, he did a great job with turning my my 
somewhat coherent recordings into something that sounded, you know, polished enough to release. So, look, I'll definitely I'll take that. But no, it was a great it was a great learning experience. But um, yeah, it was oh, yeah definitely very different to what I'd normally do. But a, a lot of fun, a great chance to just to be creative for creative sake as well, which I really enjoyed as part of the process. Let, let's talk about that process because I want to I want to know more about how you found it than tackling this project head on by yourself mm. to start with for the you know, obviously the parts of the the actual recording and producing of it. Mm. So how how were you finding it when you you started? Because you know were you talking about that? You talk a bit about that sort of uh, uh, start stop you know trial and error sort of thing. So was it really a case of rope learning as you went? Or did you have to do a lot more planning than you thought? To be honest, it was the complete opposite of plan. Mm. So a lot of the songs on the album, um, outside of a few, I sort of was writing on the fly. So I, I'd write them, I'd take it to the studio and I'd just see what comes out. So it was not really planned at all. I had no idea, you know, what songs would e- were going to end up on the album until I wrote most of them <laughs> during the period of the time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, it was very different. So, I mean, for, for Night Music, my previous album, I was very planned with how I wanted it to sound. I had really had direct vision on what I sort of wanted for it. Whereas this, it was just literally write the song. Okay, let's see how it ends up. Or even the songs that I'd already written, um, I sort of just you know I, some of them I sort of wanted to record. Like this rainy day, I knew I wanted to record that one day, and so I sort of had an idea of how I wanted it to sound. But I mean, I think that's sort of why the album is a bit diverse and in in how it actually sounds itself. Like there's a lot of different elements and genres, sort of you know, throughout the album because it was just purely what what am I feeling when I'm recording and what am I coming up with right on the fly. So mm, mm. yeah, no, it was it was it was good fun. Like, you know, it's just yeah, it was very different, very organic. Um still, you know, challenging, but you know, it was pretty good. Can't complain. You so was it a case of some of the songs were previously written songs and they're what half of them you've done as you're sort of going? Yeah. So I think it was I think there was only um, this rainy day and midnight hymn blues that were that were written before before the others. I think the rest I sort of mm-hmm. wrote as I was going. So yeah, there's yeah. So no, it was those. I mean, those songs are probably the easier ones. But I think I, the first one I recorded was this rainy day. So it was definitely the hardest one to record because I was trying yeah. to work out how the hell to do it properly and not. Not butcher it, <laughs> to be to be honest. So that was the, 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 the good learning one, and the rest sort of you know followed from there and came together from there. Yeah. So was it really what? What made you um, look at those ones and go, yeah, they've they've got to stay, but then the rest you're like, oh, no, I've got to write new stuff. Why? Why those two? Why would you keep those two rather than maybe whatever other songs you had in mind at the time? Yeah, no, it's a good question. T- to be 100% honest, it was because I really wasn't sure if I was going to do an album or not. Um, I sort of knew I wanted to do This Rainy Day as a release. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so I sort of started on that. Um, and then sort of as I was writing, you know, like I like this song, let's go and record it. And then, then I sort of, I think it was when I did The Waiting Blues, the song that I was like, I think I've got an album here that I'm, you know, basically the, I, that was the, sort of the first point where I thought, yeah, this could really turn into an album because uh, it sort of started to feel a bit more confident with the process and stuff. So, yeah, that's sort of honestly why it was It was just purely like once I decided it was going to be an album, I'd already had this rainy day done yeah. and um, sort of doing Waiting Blues and Mob Song, I, I thought the first thing that popped to mind was this old song, Midnight and Blues, could really fit these mm, songs. Mm. Um, 
yeah, so that's sort of how that got involved. But I to be as as here and now as, as possible because obviously it's been a fucking crazy few years for us musicians, people in general. And um, for me, it was just a great chance to just explore the, the you know, literally like you know, the Wedding Boys was literally written on my back porch, just staring at the street, bored shitless, you know, one night during <laughs> lockdown. Um, so, you know, it was just, you know, using that the times that we're in to sort of inspire some of the songs, um, you know, you know, I sort of felt like that was really important to sort of, you know, those songs I didn't want to really come back and revisit too much. If they were, if they were about the here and now, I thought when better to, to release them than the here and now as well, you know? Yeah. You were just mentioning The Waiting Blues, the uh, title track. What I, I, yeah. I'm kind of interested, what sort of stands out as far as that song's concerned for it being really title track material? Because the title of the album um, is designed, as I'm sure you know, to sum up what you think the album is about. What was it that stands out about that particular track and that particular title as something that sums up the whole project? Yeah, look, it's it was a bit of a funny one. So I'd sort of finished the album and I still had no idea what to call it. I, I think The Waiting Boys, when I wrote that, I knew I was onto an album, but I had no I had no idea I was going to call it that. And it was actually literally my mum who, who said that would be a good song title because I showed her the demos and I said, look, I've got no idea what the fuck I should be calling this. So <laughs> I had just no guidance. She's like, why don't you just call it Waiting Blues? And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So it was, it was literally <laughs> as simple as that. So I can't even take credit for it. But I think it really was fitting. And I, I sort of, you know, when I when she suggested it, I thought about it. Well, a lot of these songs were literally written in waiting for this pandemic to pass over and, and end. So, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I can't believe I didn't see that in the first place yeah, as a song, yeah. t- as an album title. So, yeah, thanks, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you just, she's got the credit right there. Good on her. She's useful for something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's finally uh yeah, I need to I'm surprised she didn't insist on a credit on the album cover or something. <laughs> Speaking of album cover, I do like uh the album cover itself, the artwork itself. Um tell us a bit about that because it's kind of cool. Love the love the color scheme. I love the, you know, the the symbol, I guess I don't know if you call it symbolism. I've really looked into it. It looks cool, Jordan. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, I, I really wanted something to look cool. So that's basically the crux of the album. Oh, no, there you go. that's so- done. Job done. <laughs> that's that's done. A, pats himself on the back, fucks off. Yeah, good, good job. <laughs> Yeah, no. So, um, like one thing when I was sort of put, when I was sort of finished the recording of the album, and I was starting to plan that that sort of shit. Um, I really wanted to, especially when I knew I was going to do a, a vinyl. I really loved the idea of trying to work with as many you know locals as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, thankfully, I like the the guy who designed the album cover, James Alley, is um he's a super artist. Um, and I'm you know, mates with him, and I sort of spoke to him about the album and. Um, I just had this idea of using a dude on the side of the road with like a long road behind him, sort of like this. Uh, yeah. There's a, a Hitchcock film called, um, oh, what's it called? North by Northwest. And there's a scene a, where a, this a classic, gets- you know. Oh, you've seen like, it? You this, know it? No, I haven't, I haven't actually, but it is a, you know, it's one of those films. Like, it's like any Hitchcock film. You go, there's this Hitchcock film. It's like, which one, Jordan? Like, they're all considered classics <laughs> of, the, yeah. of the art form, you know? 
Yeah. Well, there's this scene in the movie where this dude gets dropped off on the side of this road and it's this mm. big desert yeah. road and he's just he's got to meet someone. He has no idea who he's got to meet. And it just the camera just shows him and just the, the road and the, and the desert. So I always loved that idea. I thought that would be a really cool cover idea. And I thought, oh, Waiting Boys, well, how can we incorporate that into it? So that was literally the, the, the stimulus they gave him. I said, look, dude on the side of the road, something ominous. Here's the demos. Use that yeah. as an example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so that's clearly, um, you know, my creative vision was, was just use a road and a dude. So he um, he did a very good job, obviously putting it together, and really loved the 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 sort of design he came up. It's so striking, though, just the the use of color in it. Side of my Ooh. shitty bro. Yeah, yeah. So you dropped out for a sec. I was just saying, um. Yeah, it's such a striking use of colour, just the, the the dark sort of blue, purple, I don't know what he call it, like a grey, bluey colour against this bold red in certain places. Yeah. It's so, so striking. It's such a cool design. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad he came up with it, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it was awesome. It was literally the first draft he did as well. Like, he obviously refined it, but he sort of, mm, that was, mm. it was no, I didn't look at it and think, man, you need to change this, this, and this. It was just everything that you see on the album cover was basically in the initial draft. Um, and I was just like, fuck, you're onto something, man. Keep yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. Well, yeah. I love that when the artist, when, you know, the artist can really gauge the art that they're sort of interpreting in that way that it's like they do you don't need to you don't need to be one of these annoying clients that goes no try something different you know after 14 takes you know or 14 attempts you know they get it they nail it on the first try Mm, yeah absolutely and i think that's really important i mean i I get that there's obviously no right or wrong way of doing things but uh when it comes to album covers and all that sort of shit and even with working with you know session musicians like i always feel it's really important to give artists a chance to be creative and um Mm, mm. and do what they do best which is create and and make music or paint or draw or whatever um because i think that's just how you find the magic and i think i can i can tell someone okay do this exactly and in the end of the day my idea might be good but i'd rather always start with letting them present an idea especially when it comes to album or design you know i think you're a professional artist just you're you know you paint you draw i just sing I, i can't draw i do (laughs) <laughs> this is your area of expertise, you know. Don't or look at a me, dude. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you need to talk about music, I can talk about that. Don't ask me about how to draw. <laughs> so you know, I, I figure, I figure there's no better way than giving you know another artist that that ability to be creative. And even you know, with recording, you know, like doing the drums on the album, for instance. You know, the the guys I work with, I sort of gave very basic briefs, and I said, look, but you can hear the song you can sort of get an idea of how you want to play. You just take your idea and run with it and we can talk about it. It's just, for me, it's the best way to work with, with anyone is just at, least at, the, at least at the very start, let people just be creative for creative sake, which is why everyone gets into music in the first place. It's yeah. not to follow a brief to a T, it's to just create and be and be creative. So, yeah, that was that's a, you know, a process that I've sort of been doing for a while and um, I definitely love it. Sometimes, you know, you don't always get the results that you, you might like, mm, but mm. a lot of the times you strike gold. Like, I really find that that approach has benefited me more than it's hindered me. Um, and you can always talk about it. And I think as long as you leave the ego at the door and you can sort of discuss mm. things and it's a really good way of working. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, 
with more on the lyrical standpoint, because when I was listening through it, I got a lot a sense that there's like a lot going on, but the central protagonist really doesn't have control over what's happening. He's sort of being pushed around by the the forces that are you know shaping the world around him. Uh, this was you know, very vaguely <laughs> speaking very vaguely about it, which kind of suits mm. the fact that it is a pandemic album. Um, yeah, were you trying to think of a more cohesive structure for a, a narrative that's going on here? Like, is this is this one particular character that's involved with all these songs, or is it really just sort of fragments of you know mental snippets you're getting as you're sort of sitting there on your balcony waiting for this fucking thing to blow over? You know. As they say, and yeah. not hot fuzz. What's the other other one? Um, the zombie one. The zombie one. You know, um, Sean of the yeah, Dead. Sean of the Dead. Go through the yeah. Winchester. Have a pint and wait for it to all blow over. You know, is that the sort of <laughs> is that what we're looking at here, or are we really going looking at more of a, a narrative concept? Yeah. Look, I think it ended up being pretty narrative, and I thought, I think as well, it's sort of like I see some songs as being really influenced. Like I'd, mm. I'd feel like there's like, for instance, like I feel like oh, actually I'd say six out of the eight are probably interlinked with the two exceptions yeah. being the yeah. mob song and um, midnight hymn blues. Mm. I feel like they're almost like the, the montage, you know, like, okay. like you're watching like a weird art house film and there's a story, but then all of a sudden there's this ridiculous montage. You have no idea what the fuck's going on. That's sort of those songs. They're placing yeah. the album. So, so they smoked a few cones. <laughs> so we're going, we're going to have the montage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically it's like art. that. Jazz hands. <laughs> it's art, man. It's art. Just take it. But um, yeah, I mean, I always when I when I write, I always sort of think of it, sort of like the songs are all existing in the same world, like this same mm, fictional mm. narrative that I've that I sort of just spurred out and come up with. Um, so you know, it's it is what it is, and I think you know some of the songs definitely felt like, even though like you know, for instance, this rainy day was written before the pandemic even started. Uh, it was actually literally written the last time I was in Melbourne. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh rain! You know, oh, of course. Gee, thanks for yeah, pushing the stereotype <laughs> there. Rain in Melbourne? Who would have thought? Fucking hell! <laughs> no, um, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, like even that song, because it was sort of like, the re- it was just sort of reflecting on the day, yeah, you know, and then yeah, yeah. sort of the album carries on and you sort of, the pandemic starts and you're sort of having a laugh, it gets a bit darker mm, and more serious mm. and then it sort of picks itself up and dusts itself off and, and sort of reminisces on all the shit that just went down. So that's sort of the album in a nutshell. You know, you, you laugh, you're like, oh, this is not going to last. Then you're like, mm. why the fuck is it still here? And then you sort of, you come to terms with it and, you sort of you get back to you get back to to what you know and what you do and and sort of accept it. Um, which yeah, it's funny. I wrote it last year, but I felt like this year it felt a lot more relevant because I sort of I thought after last year that this that the, the pandemic we're going to be on the tail end of it by early this year. Um, so you know, like like a lot of artists booked shows, booked a whole bunch mm, of things, mm, and mm. it all fell fell through. And I feel like in many ways this year has been the year of uncertainty, whereas Last year, even though it was so new, I felt like everyone could just accept that there was a time of uncertainty, whereas this year they felt like there was hope and like we're going to come out of it. And then obviously, next minute, obviously, that that didn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's funny. Like, obviously, I wrote them last year. But I definitely feel like I, I could relate to them more this year, especially when I was prepping the release like and having to talk about it a bit more. I was like, man, this is... It's, yeah, it felt very relevant to me this year more than more than last. Even is that because you feel like twenty twenty one is a cruel parody of twenty twenty? 
Like, yeah, it basically is, isn't it? It's like a shitty bootleg copy. It's like <laughs> it's the sequel that it's the sequel hell, that just right can't live story. up to the original. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hopefully it's not Godfather Three, and and we don't we get a fucking. Who knows what next year will be like? Please don't let it be. Go- I'd rather Jaws Three than Godfather Three. God, they just don't, don't um, yeah, don't don't jinx anything too much, Jordan. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, I'm touching wood. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, knock knock, but um, <laughs> but I mean, with on that because some of them are pre-pandemic songs. Have you found out that sort of there's a different way, there's a different way to reflect on on some of the songs with a bit more time behind them? Yeah, you know, that you know the way that you you, know, that you can frame the songs changes with time. You know, does it does it sort of you find some of those songs have an effect that oh yeah they still fit on this you know pandemic album even though they were written before yeah yeah totally i think that you know and even not even just in this album in isolation i think that's a really interesting thing that i've found as i've gotten older as a as a songwriter is i'll, I'll reflect on songs i've written years back and i'll mm-hmm. look at them in a completely different light than when i wrote them and i think that's sort of it's really cool and i think it's sort of how how you know as a listener you feel when you listen to songs that you love or that you, you grew up listening to and um, you know, that shape you as a person. Um, I feel yeah, like it's the same yeah. when you're the songwriter and you, you sort of listen back to them and you think, you know, how much you've changed and how much even your mindset's changed or what your understanding of the world is has changed. Mm, and mm. it's it's a really it's really cool and sometimes it's good. Sometimes you're like, man, and I, I wish I knew more, <laughs> you know, back then. <laughs> and so it's, 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 yeah, it's really interesting. But I think for this album, like, you know, something like This Rainy Day, I think was a bit of a melancholy song. But I think mm. now I look back and I think I'd give anything to be back on tour, you know? Yeah. I deal with, I deal with the, the torrents of Melbourne rain. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, you know, it was, it's funny. You, you really, um, yeah, I think you definitely are going to, in a situation like this, you definitely, I definitely reflect on some of them a lot, you know, with, you know, a bit more, with, with a different perspective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit of time passing, give it a, give it a bit more context, you know, give it a bit more, I don't know, a bit more maturity, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, us musicians are very mature people. We, uh, <laughs> we're very, uh, prim and proper. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nah, but totally, man. You definitely reflect on it differently as you go. So, you know, comments of uncertainty aside, as it stands, um, what, what are we? What are we looking like for next year? What, what sort of coming in? You know, coming into the new year, what's the plan at the moment for you and your music? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a lot, a lot planned. So, and I sort of one thing I'm doing this year, which I didn't. Sorry, for next year that I didn't do mm-hmm. heading into this year is I'm sort of planning for things like, you know, there won't be touring potentially. Obviously, yeah. the game plan is there will be. <laughs> but um, I'm sort of making my plans really rock solid around, you know, around Brisbane, the Gold Coast, Sunny Coast, like around areas that are easy to touch, you know, and play. Um, and also just focusing on the actual release and recording and stuff like that as well mm, so i've got mm. yeah i've got some stuff like um so i i play in a band called fugitive and the vagabond um as well as yep. obviously my solo stuff and um we recorded um, an ep just and we finished it in february last year and then obviously mm, mm. pandemic hits and but for this band like for us like me and the guys the album's all about playing it so the ep was all about sharing it live and playing it in front of people and yeah, yeah. and um in a way it was our big 
this is sort of our who knows if it will be our one like our, our second and done release or mm. you know whether we'd continue with it but for us it was like we need to do it at the right time so i feel like next year is definitely like we've all sort of spoken about it you know because obviously we all have different from different walks of life so it's hard to coordinate especially when there were so many lockdowns and it affected people in different areas and stuff so yeah hopefully that'll be that'll be priority number one and um, got a few little side project things as well, um, and also I've got you know album number three to record. So, so you're um, already thinking yeah, about lots it. Of work. It's no no rest for the uh, waiters, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Like to be honest, like with with album three, I've already got it written. So, right. Um, it's just a matter <laughs> of yeah. What else is there to do? <laughs> but um, yeah. It's I tell you what. Like just um, I, I obviously don't want to talk too much about the album that I haven't mm. even recorded yet. But yeah. the songs. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna put myself on the spot. But like you know, with with the album that I'm sort of planning to do next, um, it's funny. Like you know, as I said, this last album was very much write mm. song, record the song. Whereas this album I feel very settled on, probably more settled than I've ever felt on on any release. I sort of know the songs I want to do. Some of them are old, so a lot of them are new. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's funny how it works sometimes. Whereas this one I feel, yeah, I already know exactly what I want to sort of do with it. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to do. So hopefully I'll get that done sometime and aim to release it mm-hmm. next, you know, 2023 maybe or something. I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> that's the part I haven't finished planning yet. But, you know, I just want – there's a few things I just want to get done first. Um, and then hopefully, you know, obviously fingers and toes crossed that, you know, get get back to touring and really give, you know, Waiting Blues the, the tour it deserves because I'm really, really proud of it. And I think it's, um, mm-hmm. it's something I really want to bring to – you know, interstate and hopefully play some states that I've never played before as well. I think it would be a really awesome time to do that. And I think especially coming out of this fucking pandemic, hopefully, and uh, being able to do that would be would be really special. Well, I was going to say, is there anywhere particular that you're very keen on playing next year, hopefully? Um, well, I mean, Melbourne and Sydney, like, uh, obviously the, the ones I've played the most, but I'd really love to do somewhere like, you know, even Tasmania. I'd love mm. to play Tassie. Mm. Um, Perth, like, like Perth is another area that, you know, I've got, you know, some awesome listeners that I've never been able to meet because I've never gone and done a show there. So I'd really love to look at Perth and, and Adelaide as well, you know, like there's got such a good little community there of people passionate for live music and, um, just haven't had the opportunity to do it. This year was meant to be the year. Last year was also meant to be <laughs> yeah. the year. <laughs> it's always year like is that. now meant to be the year. So <laughs> yeah, but it would be great to just even, even like just doing you know, those sort of locations would be great. But, yeah, just who knows, you know. I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but I'd love to I'd love to hit the main capital cities. Yeah. That would be the, the old, pretty special. A good little thing to tick off. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Just the, the ones that you, you've been meaning to do for a while just haven't, gotten, haven't been able to get around to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like, you know, just going back to the pandemic, you know, I look at 2019 when I did night music and I thought – Oh, yeah, okay, look, I couldn't do Perth and Adelaide this year. I can always do them next year. Mm. Um, so, I didn't really prioritise them as much as I, I – in hindsight, I, I would have and should have because, um, obviously, once again, that gets taken away from you and you think, shit, why didn't I do that when I had the chance? So, <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> so, yeah, I think with the gift of hindsight, I don't think I'll be neglecting that when I can, when I can actually confidently book a show there. Fair enough. Well, uh, but we'll see. We'll I see. Wanna, <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, John, we're going to play 
very shortly one of the other tracks off the record, which is uh, Midnight Hymn Blues, one you've mentioned a couple of times already. Um, mm. Tell us a bit about it because you said it was one of the ones that you, you're quite keen on mentioning. Yeah, well, it's a song that um, it was it was one of the most fun times I've ever had recording a song, and it all sort of stemmed. And this is sort of the the, the great thing about music is you never know where inspiration's going to come from. So I was playing a show pre-pandemic with um, a blues artist named Frank Sultana. I'm not sure if you if you know him, but he's um he's fantastic. He does a lot of gospel blues sort of music mm-hmm. and. Um, just obviously I played my set that I got to watch him play and, um, his, just his take on, on the blues and the, the way he would intertwine gospel music. And I'm not religious or anything like that. I'd never really listened to that shit at all, but just hearing it in the flesh, it was just, it was just really incredible, uh, the way it would just carry a beaten story. And I really wanted to do my own take on it after that, that show. So I literally just went home and I thought, okay, I need to write something inspired by by his set and his his sound, and um, that song literally just came came together. Literally, just I think it was literally me, a bottle of wine, and a bunch mm-hmm. of instruments. And I mean, what yeah. else do you need, really? That's the conduit for a good time <laughs> in any in any circle. But sounds yeah, like a good so time, yeah. Was, Oh, you know it. But um, yeah, no, it was just um, yeah, it's a song I was really proud of, and it was. You know, actually, you know, it was actually recorded before, um, like the, the initial demo was recorded well before this rainy day even. So, you know, it's, yeah, the, the oldest song on the album, but um, right. it's one that, you know, especially putting it together when I came back to it was, yeah, it was something really, was really fun and it was really a great song to put together. And I really mm-hmm. just, I love the way, you know, it was one of the, I was really considering it as a single, but obviously, you know, you can't, you can only choose a few. So it was one I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't, I wanted more people to hear than I probably promoted it, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. to, you know, obviously, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought it'd be, you know, it's a good one and it's a one that I really love, especially playing live. I played it live for the first time with a band um, at my album launch and it was just, it was such a great experience and the crowd were really into it. So it's a song, yeah, I'm really proud of and, you know, really, yeah, just love playing. Cool, 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 cool. Well, Jordan, we're going to play it really shortly, but... Well, firstly, thank you for coming on the show and uh, spilling the beans about everything. Nah, thanks for having me on. It's been great. Glad we could finally do one. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's been a while while in the works, but we finally got there. You know, all things, all good things must be waited upon, just like, Ooh, the, yeah. uh, just like your album, <laughs> I guess. The yeah, Waiting Blues. Yeah, exactly right. The Waiting Blues, yeah. And uh, people want to get a vinyl, we'll get, we'll get on their hands a proper vinyl copy. Where can they get it? Um, so it's available. Um, so I've got like a web store, like through Shopify as well as Bandcamp. So they just um, you know type in my name to Facebook or Instagram or I don't know Google wherever <laughs> wherever you like to search for people, you can generally find it. So just type it in and uh, get your credit card ready and grab one. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thanks, thanks again, Jordan. Uh, keep it up. Hopefully, we'll see you down Pretty here safe. sooner rather than later. And we can, we can, yeah, we can fingers crossed, mate. <laughs> take me out to a proper Brunswick Street bar. <laughs> yeah, I'll, sh- I'll show you all the good spots, you know. Cool. <laughs> these are one. These are uppity Queenslanders showing, giving, giving us locals the one up. Love it. Um, <laughs> Jordan, thanks again. Why don't you take us out? Tell us the name of the song we're about to hear and who you are. Yeah, no, thanks again for having me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Jordan Merrick, some random dude from Queensland <laughs> who is happily uh, <laughs> chatting shit. And uh, this is Midnight in Blues. Mm. 
listening to AMR.
All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed those loving tracks. That was, right then, Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers with Miss Your Birthday. And before that, Midnight Hymn Blues by Jordan Merrick off his new album, Waiting Blues, which is out now. You can go and listen to it whenever you feel like it. Um, I want to thank Jordan, of course, for being epic and uh, coming in to chat with me. And I also want to thank Kick Push PR, specifically Michael, who runs said promotion agency, for just uh, being awesome as well and helping us put that interview together. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Jordan. Um, I hope your 2022 goes swimmingly. And uh, if you're in Brisbane or wherever you are, whenever you see him coming around and playing in your city, go and check him out. Go and uh, go along and, and you know, watch him play. Be a good chum for me, guys. Be a good chum. But no, <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, um, make the most of your city's nightlife, like Jordan says, you know, because it's something special. It really is something special. You'll never know what bars you find. Now, I want to quickly chat about the song that you did just come off with, the aforementioned Miss Your Birthday by the phenomenally titled band Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers. Uh, it's a great track. You know, the only thing I wrote down about this one was that I'll, I'll read it out to you verbatim. Um, it's just tight, well done pop punk with a killer hook about the nihilism of suburban life. I mean, what else can you say? That that's that's literally the note I wrote down for this, and then that was it because I, I didn't really have anything else to say. I was like, that's a perfect sentence to sum it up in. And then I was reading through the um the info about the song, and they're like, oh yeah, it's about living at your parents' place when you probably shouldn't be. And I thought, yeah, that, that's suburban life in a nutshell. Like, I well, I'd hit the nail on the head because <laughs> just the references they make to it, you know, the whole idea of missing your birthday. Like, you can get away with that in, in a suburban setting because, oh, I'm so busy, got stuck in traffic, had my hairdresser appointment in the afternoon, oh, I had to take the kids from school, I oh, totally forgot, bro, you should have messaged me the day before. Whereas if you lived in the country, you know, um, you, you couldn't get away with that shit because the shame, folks, the shame for not showing up to your best mate's birthday party, shame. I say that from someone coming from a country town. Now, you may think, oh, well, yes, the, the lovely ladies from TJ and the JT, and I'm not saying the full name again, are <laughs> from a small country town like I that would totally understand this metaphorical conception. Uh, I'm talking bullshit, but they would totally understand the setting. It's like, well, no, apparently they're from um, bloody Canberra, which uh, I know Canberrarians like to think of themselves as not a city, but you are, don't lie, just a city with extra roundabouts. But yes, they are come from Canberra and uh, they are making leaps and bounds, uh, even though they've only been together for about a, a couple of years or so. Um, this band, TJ and the JT, are going to be doing some shows in February next year in Canberra, Sydney, Brizzy and Melbourne, respectively, playing at the phenomenal Northcote Social Club down this end of the world, which is a great venue. Um, tickets, I assume, are via the various socials that they have. So please go and check those out if you can. Yes, yes. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Now, uh, I want to also- Now, this is for those of you who have listened to this show many times. No, this is exactly where I start talking about Heavy Reborn. Now, Heavy Reborn, for those of you who don't know, are uh, one of AMR Australia's uh, sister podcasts. They talk about mainly- Well, yeah, not mainly. Exclusively different kinds of heavy genres and play exclusively heavy music from Australia. 
and also a bit of NZ. Um, they came out with an episode a couple of weeks ago. They've been a bit slack on, it on their end as well, you know, Christmas period. I know they had a couple of COVID tests as well. More on that topic later. But um, they're going to be coming out with a new episode really soon because they did a live stream on Tuesday this week, which is really cool. First time in a while. But those guys, Jay, Mick, GM, Carly, always putting out good content. Go and check out the website, australianmusiciansradio.com, for all the episodes. Not only Heavy Reborn, but our show and, of course, all the other podcasts that AMR does as well, Quiz Fears and, of course, some Far Q Radio. Um, but, yeah, uh, I say that because we're going to play some heavy er tracks, if, um, if you can call it that. Really soon, if um, you know, a little bit of TJ and the JT wasn't heavy enough for you guys, you know, bunch of uh, pedantic folks you are. No, in all seriousness, we do have some heavy goodness coming. Um, right up soon, we have the fat bastards with forearms. Oh my god! Tell me about you know getting getting on some, <laughs> bringing back some slushy memories. Because uh, I, God, God for God damn to hell, I, I miss a good old fashioned Australian rock and roll drinking song. This is the perfect Australian rock and roll drinking song. Uh, riffs for days, just, you know, semi spoken, sung, sung verses talking about, you know, all the good shit that you get to when you're getting pissed. I, like, this is the kind of song that. You get tinnitus from from just being so close to the speakers at a place like the Bendigo Hotel, drinking tinnies, you know, getting a ride or a lift to the venue in your mate's little tin can, you know, Ford Falcon because you wanted to get shit faced on a Thursday night and the trams don't run late enough, and you're probably going to pull a sickie the next day because you had too many tinnies listening to <laughs> fat bastards lifting cans, getting buff. Uh, and you know you got a bit sick at the at the dance floor, you know, in the, or got a bit sick in the in the bars to, in the pubs toilets. Uh, you can probably blame it on COVID, which you know these days I find it's a lot easier to pull a sickie than it was pre twenty twenty. And you know what? This is a very very particular scene. You're probably thinking, Daniel, why is this so specific? And I won't elaborate any further on personal experiences, but to all those people that say us Australians do not have any culture. I I arrest your your uh, rejection of that notion with the example I've just shown you. I I attest to say that we do have culture, and it largely involves uh, redecorating the Bendigo Hotel's toilets. Um, with apologies to the Bendigo Hotel, who are an awesome um, venue that mainly specialises in the heavier genres and the awesome bands in that calibre that play in Melbourne and are from other parts of the country. I'm sure the, the, fat, the fat Bastards may have actually played there. I'm not sure. Fat Bastards, if, you, if you're here, if you're listening, let me know if you've played at the Bendigo. Uh, nonetheless, um, the Fat Bastards are not from Melbourne. They are from, oh, God forbid, um, I was going to say Sydney, but that's the band afterwards. No, no, no. Uh, they're also from the Gold Coast, so second Gold Coast artist for this episode. Uh, they've just signed to Riot Records, who uh, this is where this song has come via. And uh, the song, as you imagined, is about heavy drinking and working out, getting buff and buffing down the cans. Um, I thought it was just about, you know, it's called Forearms. I thought it was just about the exercise you get from lifting up the cans, you know, but apparently it's about actually, you know, Going to the gym at the same time. So, go figure. 
I'm sure they'll be. I'm sure they'll be playing, um, playing plenty of gigs next year. Now, 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 now. After that, going for the more pop punk side of things. I mean, the absolute poppiest of punkiness is Bellwether with their new single "Charade" or "Charade." You know, there's a couple of ways you can pronounce that 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 word. Now, these guys would have you thinking that they are a band that has been together for years and years and years. These guys are so tight listening to their song. I particularly appreciated just how well the drums were pounding and how how varied the guitar rhythms were that really helped you identify the transitions between the different sections of the song. Yeah, yeah. Very satisfying. Just a great bit of pop pump to keep me satisfied. These guys have only played to date one show. <laughs> And these guys are from Sydney too. So, I mean, you know, lack of opportunity or just, you know, do you have to be a uh, gigging band to put out good music? Clearly not. Um, Yeah, they played on the 18th of December, their first show, uh, supporting Bloom. So, you know, how was it, guys? Did it go down as well as you expected? Were the the riffs and were the the drums as pounding as they say they were or as I say they were? I certainly hope they were. Now, apparently, um, well, I could say more about this if I was more into the uh, pop culture side of things, but apparently the song is based on a plot point in the film, um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I, you know, I'm going to personal admission here. I haven't seen that film, um, but apparently it's um, yeah, it's about the, uh, the breaking up of one of the partners in the film and then the getting stolen by someone else. I don't know. I haven't watched the film. Don't at me. Don't fucking, you know, actually do at me. You know, it gives us more attention on the Twitter. Um, so, yeah, at me on Twitter, at us on Twitter, you know, because we want to want to get your opinion on how shit I am for not watching that film. But, yeah, great, great stuff, guys. Uh, keen to see more and hear more from you. Uh, now, guys, we will play those songs because we've got more to chat about after the break and a few more tracks to play. So, here they are. It's the Fat Bastards. With forearms. And after that, it's Bellwether with Charade right here on Bar Talk on AMR. Back real soon, guys. I don't need no one spot me 
AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Dokely to do. Yeah, that was Bellwether with Charade. And before that, the Fat Bastards with Forearms. Right here on Bar Talk via AMR. Yes, guys. Um, speaking of AMR, I do love the idea of AMR. AMR is great. What do we do at AMR? We only play independent music. And we, that's why we love it. No, um, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, we've got uh, the... 2021 Top 50 AMR Countdown happening, which, uh, <laughs> funnily enough, was supposed to happen today as of recording. Like, as this is getting released, I was supposed to be at the studio. We're supposed to be actually doing it. Uh, but unfortunately, a few of us- Well, I 
I shouldn't say, I shouldn't beat around the bush. I had to get tested for COVID and we weren't sure when my results were coming back and uh, sort of threw things in a bit into the air. Instead of doing it on New Year's Eve, like we normally do, hence the end, the New Year's Eve countdown, huh, names in the event, duh. no, we're actually doing it on Saturday, January the 8th. Uh, but at the same time, it normally starts 2 p.m. Melbourne time, 2 p.m. AEDT. That's Australian Eastern Daylight Time because uh, we slow bastards down here in the south, we still do uh, daylight savings. So <laughs> if you if you tune in anywhere in the world um, via amraustralia.caster.fm, that's amraustralia.caster.fm. That's the live stream link. It's linked on the event. It's linked on our socials. Don't worry. Don't stress. Just click on the link when we're broadcasting and you'll hear us spouting shit live and counting down the best songs of 2021, our favourite, our top 50, you know, chosen by myself and the other hosts of AMR, the Heavy Reborn guys, Gareth, Suze has put a few in too. Really excited. We've uh, got the list together and it is a phenomenal top 50. I'm not giving away any clues. Um, actually, I'll give, away, I'll give away one clue. It does include people we've interviewed. That's that's all I'm going to, And people we've played. There you go. There's two clues. But that, that's kind of obvious because I, I choose the songs from what we've played on, on Bar Talk. <laughs> so, if you want to have a little cheeky, maybe guess at what's included, have a look back at what who we've interviewed and, and maybe um, what songs we've played and have a guess. And if it's before – and if you're listening to this before January the 8th and you've got a chance to have a, you know, have a guess, uh, send me a message. Say, hey, Daniel, is this song in the, the top 50? Now I won't I won't say anything. I'll say, oh, good guess. Good guess. You'll find all I'm gonna say, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna actually give anything away. All I am gonna say is, well, good guess. Um, but you'll find out on January 8th. Again, that's amraustralia.caster.fm. But if you go to our website, if you go to bloody hell, if you go to um our socials, if you go to um Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, uh, you'll see it linked. So yeah, please tune in. It's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna have call-ins. Uh, we're gonna have guests in the studio. Um, we're gonna, yeah, and we're gonna probably have some people. Yeah, we're gonna have, uh, have a chat to some of the artists too that made the top fifty. So it's gonna be a fun, fun time. It is always, always a blast. Um, and if you are in Melbourne too, you got nothing to do on sep- on Saturday, January the eighth, and you want to come and, and join us in person, let us know. Send us a message. We've got limited spots in the studio, but if you if you let us know and send us a message, we'll make sure we save you a spot because it's going to be so much fun. We usually have a barbecue, the AM barbecue, as uh, Gareth calls it. Um, we'll be having some drinks, probably getting pissed on air. <laughs> I'll be there slaving away at the socials in real time, announcing uh, which songs got in which order. So exciting, exciting times. Um, yeah, it's, it's always a labour of love to do the countdown and it, it never, ever fails to disappoint. It never, ever disappoints. It's always a great time. So, yeah, come on down if you're free and in the area. Uh, with, but please message us first <laughs> so we don't get overwhelmed with guests. And if you feel like it, we'll get you on the on the mics for a couple of minutes if, you, if you've never done it before. <laughs> but then again, you'll guess if you're not in Melbourne and you're not coming in, you'll guess you'll have to tune in January 8th to find out. That's January 8th, 2 p.m. Melbourne time, amraustralia.caster.fm. Now, I want to quickly mention, as always, this time of the the episode, uh, the AMR Business and Community Partners, um, Drum Power, Music Factory Direct, all the way up in Bayswater, uh, Bat and Sacks Legal in South Melbourne or Port Melbourne or somewhere somewhere in that vicinity. And of course, 
Um, Stark Audio and Graphics, um, I guess wherever Jay's located. <laughs> and, um, of course, last but certainly not least, Suki Lounge in Belgrave, which I finally got back up to uh, the other day to see the uh, incomparable Tim Friedman of the Whitlam's fame play uh, solo show, which was a lot of fun. Had a few too many, <laughs> a few too many eight dollar pints standing up at the bar. So those are those those previous comments about the fat bastards. Yeah, well, it doesn't happen at a punk show at the Bendigo Hotel. It happens at a at a singer songwriter gig up in Belgrave. Yeah. Talk about a disconnect of locations. Um, no, uh, Suki Lounge is an awesome venue. Music pretty much most nights of the week. But yeah, thanks for being awesome uh, business and community partners, guys. We're going to talk about the last two tracks for this episode. First up, a band that we have played on this show before and a band that I've had the pleasure of sharing the stage with up in Sydney. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, Katoomba's Finest, Storm and Stone, the uh, trio of siblings with their newest single, Fire and Smoke. Now, uh, Storm and Stone have really just been um, oh, getting getting their pretty little faces in up in every alleyway uh, they got for their previous single, which I'm very jealous about. A billboard in Times Square. Yes, that's right. The Times Square in New York, New York. Um, for their previous single, that was yeah, that was for their previous single. But this one, Fire and Smoke, is their latest release, and it is a beautiful example of their just their the high quality music that they put out. Um, just as as always, uh, a track that starts off with a good acoustic bass and builds up from there, which is a si- it's signature to the which is basically their signature sound, and um, the elements that they build up from that are just things that fit and really add to the atmosphere of the track. Again, there's that word, atmosphere. It's an important important factor when putting a song together. Um, just, you know, these these different tracks, these different elements, just keep building up till you hit this beautiful, gorgeous crescendo for the last bridge and the final chorus. And it just really um, vamps up, which is, I love songs that do that. I really love songs that, that know where the emotional weight needs to fall. And, and it certainly is a song about that. Um, it's a song sort of, Describing the pain of a breakup and all the the shit that goes along with it. Um, yeah, I have to admit these guys are so cool. And live, again, another example where I was really drunk. Uh, <laughs> I was really drunk when they played. It was quite funny. I, I played my set, then they come on afterwards. Um, <laughs> but even when you're drunk, their harmonies are top shit. Yeah, good good luck, guys, for the, the future in 2022. Hopefully, it's as, it's it's even bigger than your 2021. Um, after that, we're going to go across the Tasman to Dunedin for Abby Wolf with Lose Myself, which is the title track off her debut EP, which came out a few weeks ago of the same name, also called, obviously, Lose Myself. And I'll tell you what, you can definitely lose yourself in this track. Uh, Abby's another artist that, ha- that has had a phenomenal 2021, um, really been racking up those previous singles off this EP and uh, fine. actually I think she released every song with, with the with the title track now as the um, I guess focus single of the release she's now released every song on that EP as a uh, as a single which you know is what I call efficient <laughs> efficient release schedules but no um, Abby's a phenomenal phenomenal vocalist which you'll hear in a short moment <clears throat> it's not she doesn't really go for the over-the-top sort of vocals, nothing like some crazy falsetto, uh, but it's just some brilliant, breathy vocals that just 
convey the right emotions. Um, great finger-pick guitar, courtesy of her fellow singer-songwriter, Siren McKean, um, who did the lovely guitar work in the track. And the song vamps up as well, a bit like the Storm and Stone song. Not quite to the same level of bombast, but there are some great elements that come in that just add a nice flair to it, including particularly the muted percussion, which comes in on the second chorus, which I particularly like. It just really works. Um, she recorded the EP at Roundhead Studios, which is a studio name that's quite well known in New Zealand. I know we've um, talked to a couple of people that have recorded there, uh, and it's um, pretty much seen seen the likes of every important <laughs> New Zealander, <laughs> Kiwi singer-songwriter that's the last, I don't know how many years. Um, I guess Abby uh, is amongst good company in that regard. Um, excellent stuff, Abby. I hope you also have a phenomenal 2022 as well, and um, I hope your EP release has been as uh, been what you've expected it to be, or you know, perhaps exceeded those expectations. They always exceed expectations, which I think is the way to go. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. As always, we've got uh, a great. 2022 ahead of us. I've um, done a, a great number of interviews already, already booked out for the next few weeks. So, hopefully, we're going to really pump out the episodes in the coming weeks. We've got some great artists that put out some um, awesome albums and EPs over the last couple of months to, I guess, <laughs> release and let you explore at your own leisure. Um, again, if you're listening before the 8th of January, tune in on the 8th of January from 2 p.m. Melbourne time for the countdown for 2021, which I'm so looking forward to. You'll see me getting pissed, managing the managing the, the show, and uh, telling you what our favourite songs were. But till then, guys, fare thee well. Enjoy these songs, and, and we'll see you next time. But right now, it's Storm and Stone with Fire and Smoke, Abby Wolf with Lose Myself, Make sure, guys, you go and check us out on all our socials, which I nearly forgot to mention. Again, aforementioned AMR, Australia's socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Bar Talk, Facebook and YouTube. Check us out, australianmusiciansradio.com forward slash bar hyphen talk or shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again, guys. <laughs> Let's do this properly this time. Storm and Stone and Abby Wolf coming right at you. Yeah, let's play them. If I can take on my regrets Take them back until there's nothing left They would start and land with you Cause no one knows what we went through Our love always been so right was the only star I saw at night The stars are made of fire too And fire's what I feared with you Our love started with a spark It became fire that lit the dark Yummers died and we awoke To nothing more than fire and smoke And that's why I feel fire the most Cause without you I burned alone
Australianmusiciansradio.com